Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Turning your attention to Acts, the 10th chapter. To those who heard me teach for 40 minutes in the first hour, here we go again. But with or without your permission, I'm going to be a little more excited this time. Because I want to preach a little bit about Pentecost. I got it, I got it. I've got it, I've got it. Hey, yeah, I got it. Why do you act that way? I got the Holy Ghost down in my soul. Just like the Bible says. You should probably calm down. I can't. I don't want to. I don't want to. Come on, we were talking about the prophet Jeremiah in the first session, and some of our classrooms probably did too. But here's the deal. Jeremiah was also the one that said, it's like a fire. I didn't want to tell people, but it's like a fire. Brother Trano, there's sometimes I want to keep silent, but it's like a fire. I want everybody to know, if you'll get filled with the Holy Ghost, come on, this world cannot give it, but it cannot take it away. This world cannot take our joy. It cannot take our peace. I've got joy that the world cannot give. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. And he is why we live the way we live. Acts chapter 10, familiar scriptures to some, completely new to others, and wherever you are in that, here in the crowd, we're delighted. Because the Bible says in the 44th verse of this great 10th chapter that while Peter yet spake these words, what happened? The Holy Ghost fell. I love the language, especially since we all speak English. Think about it in English terminology. The Holy Ghost just fell on them. Fell on all of them, which did what? I got good news for you. Peter was just preaching, and all of a sudden, imagine that. Your neighbor just fainted on you. That's when you're hoping your neighbor's not too big. Brother Honeycutt, I don't want you to faint on me. Got news. We were at that banquet the other night, and you walked in, and we were comparing you and Brother Larson. Said, those are big men. Those are big men. I was somewhere last week, and one of the young men, I think it was Bryce, might have been Bryce, walked up next to me. I, thought, I said, I hope I'm as big as you when I grow up. <laughs> While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell. Everybody say it fell. Yeah. On all of them that heard the word. They were listening to the preaching. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. That means the Jewish Christians that were there with Peter that had gone. They were kind of his Pentecostal posse, if you will. 
they were astonished because that on the Gentiles also was poured out of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak <laughs> with tongues. They start magnifying God. Then answered Peter, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost just like us? They didn't get a different ghost. They didn't get a lesser version. Peter said they got what we've got. If God loves them enough to fill them, we ought to love them enough to dunk them. But they don't look like us or talk like us. They don't. If God loves them, we better love them. Because here's how we know they love God. They were listening to the preaching. And while Peter was still doing his thing, God said, time's up. I would love for God to move in here today and tell me time's up. Some of you would love that too. You know what we better be ready for in every service? For God to come in and say, I feel permission to just take over this thing right here and right now in this moment. I'm thankful for good preaching. Peter, I'm thankful for your oratory. But what we need is a move of the Holy Ghost. And so they were, they were all baptized as they were commanded to be baptized. For anybody that would have thought, well, why do we need to set up a baptismal while we're in our summer home? Because we believe you got to repent. You got to be baptized in the name of Jesus. And you got to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And when you're filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you will speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Whether you think it's logical or not, don't try to even base it on that. God wants to fill every person with the Holy Ghost. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw my title and preach a little while from the 44th verse there. And I'm just going to preach for a little while while Peter yet spake. While Peter yet spake. Lord, we love you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're doing. I pray you'd help me to preach with some sense of clarity so that it could be received, so that it could be understood, so that it could be accepted. But it doesn't matter what I try to say today. If you will let your spirit move in this house, if you will arrest us and fall upon us, I'm asking you to fall upon us, fall upon us, Fall upon us, oh God, in this place that we might experience Pentecost in this house. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And let everyone say amen. God bless you and you may be seated. It was President Reagan who was addressing a crowd of some 10,000 fundamentalist Christians. One of his semi-famous speeching, made, made, made a little more famous as a speech because during that speech, an individual that had kind of snuck their way in amongst the Christians stood up and began to burst out yelling about bombs and tried to take over the speech. While they tried to take over the speech, security scurried into action and, and the fundamentalist Christians that were there tried to make their applause louder 
But that person that was doing their best to interrupt, they just tried to interrupt and, and, and tried to lift their voice a little bit higher. And then President Reagan did something that became kind of famous at that speech. He just tilted his head forward into the microphone and he said, don't worry, I have more decibels than they do. Can I tell you something, ladies and gentlemen? The Lord has more decibels than anything the world is trying to throw at us right now. Anything that heaven, anything that heaven wants to get accomplished, God can get accomplished on behalf of his people. And it's why I'm here to preach today because I want every person to know, if you never hear it again, I want every person that walked into Calvary Tabernacle today to know you need to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You need to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Now, it is, I believe, here on earth the greatest experience you can have. But I don't want you to take just my word for it. If you have ever received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you spoke with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance and you believe it to be the greatest thing that's ever happened in your life, I want you to stand to your feet and I want you to clap your hands and I want you to begin to magnify God with all of your heart. Come on, I'd like about a thousand people to stand in this... Come on, somebody let the Lord know that you know. Let's serve notice to the atmosphere and to any enemy of our soul. Let's let him know, we know, there's nothing like the power of the Holy Ghost. There's nothing like the power of the Holy Ghost. Somebody shout amen. So yes, we believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, I don't believe that you are uh, meant to probably be walking around every single day talking in tongues nonstop to the point that you can't even communicate with anybody. I think you're probably going to bear witness to them in their language. But I do believe in the power of the Holy Ghost, and I do believe that when the tongue is taken over like that rudder of the ship, when it's taken over, it shows the direction of your life. When he gets your tongue, he got you, baby. He got you. Some of you used to cuss a lot. Some of you used to cuss like a sailor and spent no time on the water. But when God got you, he got your tongue also. And it was uttered, it was evidenced by the fact that you spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Now, we've been in Acts chapter 2 for our first hour, and I want to go back there just briefly. But before we get there, I want to go to John the 7th chapter. It's in John the 7th chapter that we read something pretty amazing, pretty interesting. So if you have your Bible, I want you to go there. John 7 tells us something in verses 37 through 39. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, 
which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Just in case for any of our students that were not in here first, for the first hour, I want to say something I didn't plan on saying, but I want to say again. You cannot set a glass of water on the table in front of you and expect that because you are near it, it can still give you the nourishment as it would if you get it inside of you. Simply to be in the presence of God is not enough when the full promise is to get his presence in you. I am thankful to be in the presence of God. And it is even our terminology that we say, I can't wait to get in the presence of God. But I've got a good news for every believer in this room. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you're filled with the presence of God. His spirit comes and lives inside of you. We know that belly in, in, in the, in the uh, terminology here to be filled. It is this reference. It is this equaling unto the womb. The Holy Ghost being associated even with new birth. To be born, John 3, born again. To become different. To live different. To act Different, Not just to have the Spirit near you, but to have the Spirit inside of you. Literally controlling you. Acts 1.8 says you receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Remember this from last week when we were talking about walking? We got right here. We were trying to ease up to it. We're, we're trying to get to the place, the Holy Ghost on you. But now we're trying to get to the place where I need to make sure what does that actually mean for me? Well, it means that once I get to Jerusalem, once I I get to the place in the upper room and I begin to tarry and I begin to wait, I've got to believe that my waiting is not in vain. Can I tell you something? You've never prayed a prayer in vain. Unless you prayed it for your will. But if you prayed for the will of God to be done, if you prayed for the Spirit of God to direct you, if you prayed for the Holy Ghost to lead your family, you never prayed that prayer in vain. God's heard every prayer. How many believe he hears every prayer? How many believe that he is still tuned in to the prayers of his people? He's heard those prayers and they gathered in that upper room and they begin to pray. And we know that when the day of Pentecost was fully cut, the Holy Ghost did in fact fall upon them. And when it fell, they begin to speak with tongues. That Pentecost, that celebration of the harvest and the celebration of the giving of the Mosaic law, it's come to just this culmination of all things and here they are and the Holy Ghost has been poured out and these people are working out and they begin to speak with tongues and it begins to bear witness now so jump just beyond our first study now jump in Acts chapter 2 on down to verse to verse 38 Acts 2 and 38 Here's the last one we quoted there. Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you. Repent and be baptized every one of you. Repent and be baptized every one of you. Well, I'm not really into that. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise. Here it is. For the promise is unto you. Yeah, but what about my kids? Good news. Unto your children. 
unto all that are afar off. I've got news for anybody in the house today that even walked away from God for a while. Even to everybody that's been afar off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Yeah, but the enemy's yelling loud. It doesn't matter how loud the enemy is. It matters about the call. The call. The call of God. So whosoever will. That's why in this church, we believe drug addicts get set free. We believe broken people get put back together. We believe people whose future should have been over, all of a sudden they dance out of this place saying, I never felt that, I never heard that, I never experienced that. Why? Because it's for whoever the Lord our God shall call. You say, that's great, but Pastor Carson, how do I know whether he's calling? Maybe you can't hear me. He's calling. Yeah, but I don't know if the Lord's calling me. If you can hear me, if you can hear me, he's calling you. Well, I think I showed up at church accidentally. No, you didn't. I just came here because a friend invited me. No, you didn't. I just came here because I made a promise to somebody. No, you didn't. You're here because whoever the Lord calls, he's been drawing you. He's been pulling on you. I'm I might be talking to somebody who got the Holy Ghost 50 years ago, but he's calling you in a new way. He's reeling you in, baby. He's drawing you close today. And I got news for you, and I got news for the devil. You can't stop the church, and you can't stop the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. It's gonna happen. There will be an outpouring of the Spirit. Now, there's a lot of people who think Pentecost is dead, Brother Henderson. They think Pentecost is over. I got news for them. We got people repenting every week. We got people being baptized every single... Forgive me while I give God praise just a little bit right now. We got people being filled with the Holy Ghost all the time. How's that happening? Because the promise is to you and it's to your children. It's to everybody that's afar off. It's not for people just by Fletcher. It's for people by Keystone. I don't know what time they start church. Westside's gonna be starting church. You know what I hope? I hope the Holy Ghost falls. <laughs> At Brother Baines, I hope the Holy Ghost falls. At Brother Balls up north, I hope the Holy Ghost falls. It's for Fishers and for Carmel. It's for Greenwood. It's whoever will. Whosoever will, let them come. Let them come. Let them come and let them drink. There'll be waters. It'll, it'll flow out of their belly like a river. Like a river of living. That's why there's no reason for you to live dry when you're supposed to have a belly full of living water. Don't you tell me you're Pentecostal if you're the driest person in your job. Don't you tell me you're Pentecostal if you can't have a good attitude. I'm going to talk right now. Don't you tell me you're a Pentecostal if the only time you open your mouth is to complain. Don't you tell me you're a, if you're a Pentecostal, you're full of that well of living water that's springing up on the inside of you. Come on, you're full of the Spirit of God. It bubbles up on the inside, and every now and then it finds its way just working out of your mouth. Somebody say, I'm full of the Holy Ghost. 
I don't, let me play semantics a little bit. Brother Kilman, I don't want the Holy Ghost just to touch me. I want it to fall on me. Fall on me. How many of you kids ever played that game where somebody had to catch you? You ever do that? You better have the right friend when you play that game. You better have the right friend when you play. Okay, you fall backwards, I'll catch you. <laughs> better have the right person. I don't want the Holy Ghost to just come by. And I, listen, I love this. Some of the old hymns, he touched me. I understand that. I understand there's theology for that Bible. I understand. But I, we need desperately, Brother Rothy, we need the Holy Ghost. We need a tsunami, as it were, of the Holy Ghost to flood. I don't want people to pick and choose. I don't, the Bible says it fell upon each of them. Yeah, but they were in one accord in one place. Look around. Look around. Go ahead. Only time in church it's appropriate. Come on, look around. Act like a stalker that's not stalking. Look around. Make eye contact with a couple people until it gets nervous. Slightly awkward. Can I tell you something right now? Nobody should be, nobody should be exempt when the Holy Ghost begins to pour out in a church. Nobody should be exempt. Nobody should be exempt. It shouldn't be where the front gets it, but the back doesn't. The right side gets it, but the left side doesn't. No, 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 no. I want everybody. That's why I'm okay. I don't need you to stand up. The people that are sitting, I got good news for you. The Holy Ghost can fall on you just like it can fall on somebody that's standing, just like it can fall on the person that runs the aisles, just like it can fall on the person that shouts, because all we've got to do is be willing. I feel like that little kid that said, here I am. Here I am. Feel me, God. All you got to do is be willing. All you got to do is want the Lord. I don't know how to pray good. You don't have to. Yeah, but I don't have a lot of religious background. It's okay. You believe he's real? Yeah. Cool. Are you sorry for everything you've done? All those things that would separate you from God? Repentance is more than saying sorry. It's saying, I want to turn towards God. Good thing for everybody else in this room. No one in here is God. Even the purple people. Even the people that have tried to convince you they were. We need, we, we need people over us. But there's one Lord. There's one faith. There's one baptism. There is one God and Father of all who is above all, through all. Here it is. And in you all. So if you can repent and say, God, I'm sorry, and I want to turn away, I acknowledge you. I'm, I acknowledge you. And I don't want there to be anything in my life that separates me from you. And if you genuinely desire to walk right, I've gotten good news for you. He wants every person in this room to be full of the Holy Ghost. And if you're here today and you say, I received the Holy Ghost, but I haven't spoke with other tongues for 20 years, he wants you to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost with speaking in other tongues fresh and new here today. Yes, he does. He wants every person to accept and receive. This is a gift. It's not a man. You know what I'm thankful for? Pastor Lopez, I'm thankful God is not coming up to us. You're going to get the Holy Ghost. I just wanted to do that. Sorry. <laughs> 
It's not how he is. And as a preacher, I can't shake it into you. Me teach everybody right now. We've, we've done this before. I've seen people that try to shake the Holy Ghost into people. For the love of God, don't do that. It doesn't work. You're going to get it, get it, get it. And they're thinking, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. You know what it is? It's a gift. It's a gift. Nobody gives a gift to a kid and says, you open a gift right now. You open a gift. I'm going to hit you over the head with it if you don't open it. If you do that, you are deranged. It's not how God is. It's a gift. Here's the most beautiful thing about the Holy Ghost. I can't earn it. I can't be good enough. I can't have the right last name. I can't. But if I'll do this, if I'll open up and say, it's a gift and I want to receive it. I want to receive you into my, it's a gift that everybody can receive. It doesn't matter whether you're short or tall. It doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter whether you've been in church for 50 years or five minutes. This is a gift for us to receive. I'm so thankful for the Holy Ghost. I'm so thankful for the Holy Ghost. Woo! Come on, if you got the Holy Ghost, you ought to thank God. You ought to thank Him that He's filled you with His Spirit. Yes. I'm full of the Spirit. Come on, young people, we're thankful. Come on, elders, we're thankful. Come on, middle marriage, we're thankful. Come on, saint of God, we're thankful. I got the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost was poured out, they celebrated. I mean, they celebrated. It was already a celebration. You know it's a good party when they're eating before the guest of honor even arrives. Be seated for a second. I know you're waiting on me to tell you. And I just don't really want to tell you. but be... They're eating. They're feasting. Before the, the main attraction of Pentecost on this day was going to be the Holy Ghost. And people are in the street. Ooh, give me one of them turkey legs. You ever been to the fair and seen one of them big old? My God, have mercy. You can't eat one of those without feeling like a caveman. You know what that says? When you carry that and you're eating that, you know what that says? I'm American. That's what that says. <laughs> I'm American. Eating on that tank. Here's the deal. They were eating and feasting and drinking and celebrating. But there was a group that was eating and feasting in a different way. They're gathered in an upper room waiting on a promise. They're gathered in an upper room, waiting on a promise. Last week we preached about the fact that it was closer than you thought it was, just a Sabbath day journey. But I got good news. Today we're preaching about the fact that when the day of Pentecost was fully, I know there was some process between the Mount of Olives and the upper room, but there is always a day when suddenly shows up. 
The reason that nearly a thousand people stood a few minutes ago when I asked for those with the Holy Ghost is because every one of them. Now, even if there was 900 people that stood up a minute ago, every one of you probably received it in a different service. Maybe some of you in the same revival. Maybe some of you at the same camp meeting. But most of you, if we'd go through and track it, you got it on October the 12th or you got it on February the 7th or you got it at June at that camp or you got it in, in the middle of a, a, an April revival all over the place because suddenly it's different for everybody. Suddenly is different for everybody. And we preach suddenly here where 120 are gathered. And here they are in the upper room and the Holy Ghost is poured out. I've always been convinced that with Mary sitting in the room, there's no greater validation for the fact that it's the Spirit of God than when Mary carries him again for the second time. And he, whoo, here he comes, the Spirit of God, and they all start speaking in tongues. They have such good church that it spills out of the church. Let me tell you when we're having good church, when the church doesn't stay in the church. They come spilling out. Now listen, how many remember, some of you were at that prayer meeting we had last year where we spilled out into the parking lots. People from the, the apartment complex next door were like, look. People on the phone. I don't know what they're doing. They're crazy, man. I told you they're crazy. There we are unashamed of the gospel of Christ, magnifying and praising God, praying for them and they didn't even know it. Here they are having such good church that they spill out into the road. They spill out into the road. They're having such good church in the streets that people accuse them of being drunk. That's good church. If you ever think that we get out of bounds here, when's the last time someone accused us? Okay. And I don't believe in being, I, I think everything needs to be done with decency and in order. But I do think there is a calling that calls us to such a depth in the things of God that we don't care if people make fun of us or mock us or even say that we're drunk. And they mock, these men are full of new wine. He said, they're not drinking. It's only the third hour of the day. They're not drinking. They're not drunk as ye suppose. But here they are, they spill out, and it gives him that opportunity and starts preaching. He starts preaching unto them. That's when he does this famous line, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says right there, after he's told them that the promise is unto them and their children and all that are afar off, that there were added to the church that day 3,000. I wonder if Indy could handle a one-day 3,000-soul conversion revival. I'd like to have so many, I'd like to have so many conversions, we were baptizing them in Fountain Square. Maybe we, how about we just go on down to Memorial? What's the big one down? I know I'm online, I'm okay with this. I think God can give us the kind of favor in our city that we can baptize them in the fountain down. I believe in that. Sister Jenkins talking to me about that revival of Jonathan Edwards. Forgive me, I feel something on me right now. I'm going to speak into the atmosphere right now. I feel the kind of revival that could come on the city of Indianapolis that the mayor could get in agreement with us and the city council could get in agreement with us and favor could turn. 
and they could recognize, wait a minute, something's happening. There's people that are being healed of diseases. There's addicts that are finding recovery. There's homes that are suicidal thoughts are leaving. Anxiety is having to flee. I don't know what they're doing, but there's something about this Holy Ghost. There's something about this message there. I'm not apologetic about that. I'm not ashamed about that. I believe God could give us the kind of revival where every... Now, I'm going to shock some of you right now. I think God could give us such revival that people in this room that don't even think you're called to minister could be called to baptize people. In fact, I'm going to speak it. Man, I didn't plan on this, but I'm going to follow the Holy Ghost right now. Some of you are going to baptize family members this year. You're going to baptize family members you've been praying for for years. They're going to come to you and you're going to baptize them in the name of Jesus Christ. You're going to put them down. We're going to baptize them in swimming pools. We're going to baptize them in bathtubs. We're going to baptize them in fountains. We're going to do it all. Why? Because they were added under the church free thousand souls. If it's real, I want it. If it's real, we want Pentecost. I want somebody to lift your hands and lift your voice and tell God we want Pentecost. We want Pentecost in Indianapolis. We want to celebrate harvest. We want to celebrate the law. We want the Holy Ghost to fall. It'll be apostolic doctrine. It'll be Pentecostal experience. It'll be apostolic doctrine. It'll be Pentecostal experience. And for anybody that thinks the world doesn't want this, you hear me clearly right now. I know that there is a whole group of people that don't, but there is another group of conservatives in the world that are sick with what is going on. It doesn't taste good in their mouth. It doesn't feel right in their spirit. And some are starting to look back to their childhood and ask questions about what grandma told them and what grandpa told them. And there is an arising. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. There is a shaking right now that is turning people and they don't even know what they're looking for but when they get their eyes open I want them to see us I want them to hear us I want to get across the airways I want to be on the website I want to I want them to find our podcast I want them to hear the answer the answer is the Holy Ghost whosoever will let him come oh clap your hands and magnify God Okay, let me try to land this plane. Be seated, let me try. Be nice if I'd get to my text, wouldn't it? Okay. <laughs> I feel like that old preacher that said, I said all that to say this. Peter, that we are teaching about on Wednesday, the big man that gets to preach Pentecost, he does not want to go to these Gentiles' place. He's not prepared for this. God gives him this incredible dream while he's praying. Remember this? Start seeing that sheet coming down? Sees these animals? And the Lord? How do you imagine the Lord speaks? I'm like one of those. I know he speaks to all of us in our own way. But when I was a kid, I always thought God was like, Peter, arise. 
Peter, rise, kill and eat. Can you imagine that moment where he's like, I'm too holy for that God. I've, I've been pure. I'm not going to partake of these unclean things. And the Lord has to tell him, don't you call unclean. He's trying to, I'm going to tell you what he's doing with Peter. Peter has already received the Holy Ghost, but he still had some prejudice in his. The Holy Ghost will keep working on you. You ought to bear the fruit of the Spirit. That's why I tell people, don't you tell me you're interested in the gifts of the Spirit when you don't even portray the fruit of the Spirit. Love and joy and peace and gentleness and meekness. You show me them things, we'll talk. Amen. And the Lord has to work on him. And we know that there's this intersection because while Cornelius, this devout man, it means that he paid, he gave money, and he was a believer. Yeah, he didn't have the right heritage, but he had the right hope. He, he lived on the wrong side of the tracks, but he found out that if he'd get on the tracks, they'd take him somewhere. And he was praying. I'm going to tell you, if the Lord speaks to you to go to someone, there's a good chance they've already been calling out, asking for an answer. When you go knock on that door, one of my favorite experiences of all time, Brother Trano, I was witnessing to this lady one time. I walked up in the projects in Akron. We were in the projects, and I walked up, and I, I started talking to this sweet mama. She had all her kids out there. We were feeding them all. We were giving them food. You want people to show up, give them food? We were feeding them all. Come on, I know how to get some teenagers. Ask what kind of pizza they like. We were, we were doing all these things, and I went and knocked on this door, and this sweet mama came out. She looked at me. As soon as she looked at me, the Holy Ghost quickened me. Boom! I said, I'm the answer you've been laying in your bed praying for. Now, I'm bold, but I'm not normally that bold. But I was bold in those problems. I said, You're the, I'm, I'm the answer you've been laying. When I said those words, when I said those words, Brother Ross, tears started flowing down her face. Her lip began to quiver. And I began to minister to her about the goodness of God. Here's what I'm telling us. They're already praying. Here's what I think. They're already praying. They're looking for an answer. Cornelius was seeking God, waiting on an answer. And it all shows up. And Peter walks in. But here's what I'm preaching to the church. Here's what I'm preaching to you. If anyone was qualified to preach at Cornelius' house, it was Peter. Why? He just preached Pentecost. I've been doing this for a long time and scheduling big meetings and putting together general conferences and North American Youth Congresses. And if you don't know what that is, it's meetings where tens of thousands, upwards of 40,000 people come together. You pick speakers for that. Here's what you never do in those, those, um, those planning sessions. Brother Lopez, we never get together and go, I wonder what speaker would not make people want to come. We pray about who's supposed to speak. We think about who's supposed to speak. We put this together. But typically the Lord helps us to put people in those spaces that would be a drawing card, as it were, on some level for people to come because they want to hear them. If I'm Cornelius, I think I would take the guy that just preached Pentecost. How specific is God for this Gentile believer that he's going to send big I'm talking the big preacher. 
the Pentecost preacher himself to his house. And here he shows up, and I love to see it like this, and I, I love to preach to our crowd, and I love to preach at these meetings, but I see him show up, and he's got, his, he's got his stuff just right, and he's got his message just right, and Peter is already in his oratory, and he's flowing, and here's all of these Jewish Christians that are with him, his Pentecostal posse that's with him. Here they are, him and the gang, and Peter starts preaching about Jesus, and, start, and he's got three points. He's only got through point number one, Brother Kilman. He's ready. He's preaching through. He's got it ready, and Peter... He's, I mean, he's about to make a great point. And all of a sudden, Cornelius and all the house start speaking in tongues. Nothing like God to interrupt Peter. I watch Peter go. <laughs> I wasn't done. You know what I want God to do? I'm asking God in our services moving forward. When you're ready, <laughs> Pastor, I wish you would have kept preaching. No, 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 no. When the Holy Ghost falls, nobody complains. When the Holy Ghost gets poured out, nobody gets upset about it. Everybody's happy when the Holy Ghost pours out. And it wasn't just on Cornelius. I'm going to tell you right now, everybody in that whole household lifted up their voices and began to speak with other tongues. How do you know? Because the Bible says they, they heard them. Brother Ben, they were not prepared to hear them, but they heard them anyway. They were prepared to hear Peter, but they weren't prepared to hear them. I got news for you in this room right now. It didn't matter that they weren't prepared. God was prepared. God was prepared. While Peter yet spake, here it came. Now, in this room, I want everybody to turn to the person on your left and on your right and ask them these words. Are you a believer? Some of you got to ask your wife, and I know that's awkward. You might want to say, I know you're a believer, but are you a believer? Come here, Canaan. Let me give you an example here. We're very uncomfortable at times to do this. I'm going to tell you, we should never be uncomfortable to say, have you ever been filled with the Holy Ghost? Yes. Yes. You were uncomfortable to answer. Don't be uncomfortable to answer. <laughs> to be able to ask someone, have you ever been filled with the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues? That should not be awkward for us to ask unless we don't think it's real. Or maybe unless we don't think it matters. Because it doesn't make sense for us to shout that except a man be born again and yet be so lack boldness to the point that we can't even ask someone because I want everyone in this room to know I would ask every one of you individually if I could have you ever received the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance because if you have not I need you to know something that's a gift for you <laughs> that's a gift for you and my hope is that while I yet speak a light bulb goes on in your head something goes off in your spirit that you recognize wait a minute I don't want to just attend this church. I've got to be ready for heaven. I've got to make sure that I accept and receive the gift that God has for my life. And I want everybody in this room to know it's a gift for you to receive. And you say, well, I've already received the Holy Ghost. Guess what? 
good day to get again. It's a good day to pray until you speak with other tongues again. So here's what I want you to do. I want everybody to stand up. Pentecost is about celebration. Musicians, please come. Give this congregation hope. I want to sing that fire song again. I want to sing that fire song again, okay? Praise God. Fuego, fuego. That's what I want to do. Throw your hands towards heaven all over this room. Come on, I want everybody in this room to lift your hands and lift your voices and begin to praise God. Come on, I want you to begin to praise God all over this building. Come on, lift your voices. Lift your voices, everybody. Come on, I want everybody to praise God. That's all we're going to do right now is praise God for a minute. Praise God for a minute. Come on, from the platform to the back wall, let's praise God. Somebody tell him that you love him. Somebody tell him that you love him. All right. Praise God. Praise God. Now listen to me. Listen to me. I want everybody to turn to the same neighbors you just asked. Sorry, introverts, I say it again. I want everybody to turn to the same people, and I want you to ask them. Have you ever received the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues? Oh, Pastor Carson, don't make it awkward. I'm not making it awkward. I'm trying to make it biblical. Now listen, in Acts 2, they received the Holy Ghost right where they were sitting. I know we have a way of doing altar calls and having people come forward. And if you're comfortable with that, you can. But you don't have to leave your seat to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You don't have to leave your seat to be renewed in the baptism of the Spirit right now. Mm. Now I want you to hear me. If you're here and you want to be full, full of the Holy Ghost, I'm talking your cup runneth over full. Out of your belly floweth river full. You want to be full. Then here in a moment, we're going to begin praising God. And everybody that wants to be full of the Holy Ghost, when the Spirit fills you, you're going to begin to praise Him. And you're going to begin to speak with new tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. How many believe God's going to pour His Spirit right now? Now listen, ministry team, ministry team. There's many of our ministry team that is wondering and looking. Ministry team, when we begin praying, it's going to become evident to you and obvious to you who you're supposed to go pray for. It's going to be amazing. It's going to become evident to you who you're supposed to go pray for. I think it's often supposed to be that way. But it's going to be evident. And as we begin to pray, you're going to feel directed. Some of you are going to feel like you've got to walk all the way over to the other side. If you want to come to the altar here in a moment, you're welcome. If you want to come to this second altar, in the, but I'm not asking anybody. I'm, I'm trying to get away from we got to do this to make God God. we got to do that to make God God. 
right where you're at, right where you're sitting, right where you're standing, if you will now lift up your hands and begin praising God, I think everybody in this room can be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Come on, lift up your voice.